Oh, well, everybody, welcome back to another great episode of Terabytes. We are live. Uh, I am in Pennsylvania, U.S. Eastern Time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, night. I know Menno is joining us, and his wife's probably upset, so we appreciate everybody for sacrificing to be with us today. I am joined by Peter. You might notice he is not on video, but he is on the line with us. He's calling from Egypt, and I'm sure he's got a lot to share um, from his travels abroad. His internet, he said, is a little bit shaky, so we're not going to do a video chat with him. We're just going to have him as a picture. He's calling in, old school phone style, and then he's actually going to be able to do some uh, some screen sharing for us. So I hope everybody's had a great week. Um, thank you again, everybody, for joining us. And Pete, I heard you're from the you're reporting live from the basement of the Sphinx. There's some terabyte, or uh, rather, there's some Luna Alpha in the basement of the Sphinx. Is that true? <laughs> well, there might be some Luna Alpha over here um, that I, I can't really talk about in this episode, but we will have it definitely coming soon. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm pretty far from the Sphinx. Sphinx is a good six-hour drive from where, where I'm at right now. I'm on the Red Sea. Excellent. Well, um, I think the people, we should give the people what they wanted, which is uh, all the latest in the terabytes or the Terra ecosystem and all the latest in the terabytes news. And uh, have you have you finished your tweet? That's why I'm delaying here because I'm ready to ask you a big question that I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I just tweeted out. Just tweeted out. Okay. So here's my big question. We saw a string right. of tweets from our boy Do Kwon, our best friend in Seoul, Korea. And he's talking all about ETFs. Now, Pete, help me understand, because I'm not a very smart person. What 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 does this mean for the Terra ecosystem? And is this going to be something that we see on Mirror? Is this going to be a whole new platform? I know he mentioned Nebula. He put a Christmas tree emoji in. I mean, what does all this mean? Yeah, let's. Uh, all right, let me share my screen here, and uh, we're going to kind of hold our breath because I'm on like 3G hotspot. <laughs> uh, you know. But uh, so we've got Do Kwan saying, let's talk about ETFs. Now, ETFs are exchange traded funds and an exchange traded fund. The idea is that uh, you can have you can track something else. You, you track something uh, that's not really like a stock. Maybe you're tracking gold or uh, you're tracking Bitcoin. Even there's a lot of applications for that. Or you're tracking uh, like like innovation sector or like, um, I don't know, Nigerian development or like uh uh, you know, oil from Kazakhstan, you know, like, like you're, you're tracking the value of something in particular, uh, that normally doesn't, isn't, isn't a commodity or, or an entity that's on a stock. And the ETF is designed to track the value of that so that the ETF goes up if the value of the, whatever it is goes up. Right. And, uh, I mean, there's some different ways to do that, but, uh, you know, usually ETFs, um, in, in other countries are sometimes called ETPs and other things. Uh, ETFs uh, often they hold the underlying, so they actually they hold the thing. You know, if they're designed to buy and sell the thing in order to keep the ETF price the same as, uh, or at least to follow the movements of the underlying. So anyway, so we're talking about ETFs now. Why is that even exciting? I mean, we can already get assets, right? On mirror. Well, ETFs can be mixed. They can be a certain sector. Before I go more into what Doe says here, um, popular ETFs this year included things like Arc. 
uh, in an ARC investment, Kathy Wood over there, they've got like a biotech ETF and uh, um, like a fintech ETF and like a, a renewables ETF, right? Like you can, you can uh, take somebody that you believe in that uh, controls the fund in a certain sector and get exposure to that sector. Maybe you don't want to spend your time tracking everything happening with all the renewables companies, for instance. Well, you can get a renewables ETF, right? Uh, this is exciting for passive investing um, where you're not having to like pick stocks and read the news every morning and every afternoon and every night and always browse Twitter and like be ready to panic sell or something if like a CEO dies or, or something, right? Um, but you, you, you follow somebody else's expertise. So let's keep on reading here. Earlier, says Doe, I noted that the launches of Mirror Protocol and Anchor Protocol complete the MVP launch. That's right. The MVP of Terra is already done. We can now use Terra stablecoins to pay, to receive, to invest, to save. It's an amazing like MVP product. It's the best crypto MVP product I've probably seen um, because it's just it's got so much use and potential. We've already seen, I mean, look on Anchor, we've already seen $500 million in total value locked. Uh, and that's that's a lot of money for when, I mean, I just, it feels like the live stream we did was just like yesterday, right? Um, and so these things are getting usage, but Doe says, we are far from done. Am I still with you, by the way? <laughs> yeah, you, we, you're yeah, loud okay. and clear. I heard you laugh. We are far from done. That's right. Uh, a couple of months ago, you thought that Mirror and Anchor were like the crown jewels of this project, and they were like, they were what was going to make Terra Money go boom. And yes, that's true. It is making Terra Money go boom, but it's just the beginning, right? These are the gifts you open to use use a metaphor we've used before. These are the gifts you open on Christmas Eve before Christmas Day arrives. Uh, this is the appetizer for the main meal. Uh, so the first uh, larger course Doe's talking about is ETFs. He's right. In traditional finance, passive investing dwarfs active investing. Uh, active investing used to be the main thing, but now passive investing is absolutely huge, right? Uh, you have a narrative. Like I said, you might believe in re renewables or, or for that matter, in uh, non-renewables, uh, fossil fuels. You might believe in uh, the stock markets of Iran or Argentina or... Uh, Thailand, right? Um, you might believe in and whatever, and that narrative is what you want to invest in. ETFs are far more relevant in crypto, Doe says, than in traditional finance even, because like a DeFi asset is, pick one, it's 99% likely to fail. And I think he's going randomly here. Um, like if you, any any single DeFi asset is is just super likely to fail. It could be rug pulled. It could be exploited into the ground. It could be regulated into the ground. It could just not see adoption, whatever. But there's little doubt that DeFi as a movement is going to be transformative. So if you want to bet on a movement, you don't pick one DeFi asset and hold it. You want to have exposure to lots of DeFi assets. And more importantly, traditional ETFs, as useful as they are, as cool as they are, right, compared to like just picking stocks all the time, they can only uh, be licensed holders can issue them. And they're, I mean, they rebalance every quarter. Um, and like he says, the parameters are rigid. So like your ETF, if there's some kind of crazy market event and, and it, an ETF can just suffer from bad timing in the rebalances. So here's the answer that Doe proposes. What if we could have an algorithmically managed ETF 
where rebalancing is permissionless incentives that, that, have, that are behind it that dictate the rebalancing. So when the asset's composition needs to change, the community has incentives to trade against the ETF. In other words, if the community as a collective believes that this ETF is not fulfilling its mission because it's become so imbalanced one way or the other, right? Or there's a company or a product in there that it obviously has a major problem and should not make up so much of that ETF. Then it has arbitrage incentives to trade against the ETF and bring it back into and and like correct the situation. Um, so in this case, Wall Street becomes obsolete, right? We we when we in crypto tend to believe, and this is if you don't believe this, this is fine, that free market is an excellent uh, transfer of information. Like there's no one person in an armchair somewhere or one entity, you know, having a committee before lunch that can have enough information to like track a sector or track global trends or whatever. But the free market can do that. The huge community that is arbitraging in order to, to drive, you know, based on what they know and what they believe and uh, their experience. They're arbitraging this thing into what the composition needs to be. So um, algorithms here, right? Social activity used to rebalance. User activity used to rebalance. A bigger asset selection than ETFs. I mean, that's not maybe true right now, but yeah, we can have M assets and derivatives in crypto as we add more assets and more assets in. Obviously there's also uh, like Forex uh, uh, currencies which are native in Terra and things. And then this is cool, Cliff Triggers. And he gives an example. You still with me, by the way? Yep, we're here. Oh boy, this is holding out. Go Egypt, play <laughs> Yo, to the Egypt National Anthem. Knock on wood, knock on wood. All right, 100% rune when rune goes above $10, right? Now, Doe's just throwing numbers out here, like our Luna 40K, he's just making up numbers, right? But here's an idea, you could have a fund that, that the, the thesis is, if rune hits $10, it's won the game. Um, and it, or it's going on a big run or something like that, right? Uh, and so it goes 100% into Rune. Now, again, that's just a, a possibility, right? It's just showing you the potential here of what this algorithmic ETF could do. You could set up stuff like this. Um, and then, obviously, yield. And check this out. AUST, Anchor UST, with that 20% yield included in basket. So you're getting yield on the UST, right? I mean, um, and anyone can do this. Not those pe people with finance licenses that we talked about. Anybody can do this. And as soon as they launch this thing, whatever it's called, some people, I think Doe mentioned Nebular. Uh, some people have said Nebula. Maybe someone's making a typo in there, but I think it's Nebular. Um, and uh, that name's been going around. Doe has posted several times images of Nebulae uh, and like, like with Terra and Luna in there, right? Inside the nebula. And here's the whole idea. These assets that are available to include in ETFs from day zero are all the, the our bridge cryptos, all the stocks, whatever commodities on mirror, um, all yield products like Anchor, all the Terra stable coins, and soon TM meaning, uh, you know, don't interpret soon as like three days, just, uh, just someday. <laughs> derivatives. Uh, so, I mean, this is already amazing. Working hard, coming soon, Christmas tree, obviously, <laughs> like this is a big gift. And uh, now I'm going to, I'm going to here to take a look at the chat and, you know, give Evan a, a, 
a moment to cut in. But then uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Vega Protocol, which I think this is the first time we've seen Doe drop anything about Vega Protocol. Yeah, so, uh, so let me hop over to the chat here. Um, a couple questions I guess I have for you, unless you want to, I don't see any questions, so to speak, on the chat right now, uh, except for our friend Phil, the Canadian. Uh, but we can get back to that in a second because I have a question specifically on this. So he's not talking about um, cr basically the way that Mirror currently works where you can just have an Oracle price feed you whatever a specific asset is and then you have access to that asset. He's talking about actually new ETFs that are a combination of whatever. And, and his example that he gave was everything within the DeFi space. Is that correct? Oh yeah, they have the, I mean, to, to whatever degree possible, they have the underlying. Oh, sounds like we might've lost Pete a little bit there. That Egyptian internet is, uh, is straying away from, but I guess, uh, my, my interest here, and once we get Pete back, I can ask him this is maybe, um, just have an exercise of us walking through kind of how this happens because, um, is it going to be a proposal from someone uh, within one of these platforms, like the way that we have new mirror assets listed on the mirror uh, protocol, or is it going to be something more like um, economy, like we see with our friend Menno, where he is basically the manager and just through his own success and his own ability to market it, he's able to basically promote it out and say, hey, here's this uh, DeFi ETF that I've put together. I'm going to be the one that's doing all the decision making and babysitting the portfolio. And if it's successful, then people can then go and uh, and participate and invest with him. <laughs> we did lose Pete from Zoom, so we'll see if he hops back on. He's got that, uh, it's the evergreen that's stuck for Pete, yes. <laughs> Phil the Canadian, have you guys heard of the new guidelines that can the Canadian government released for crypto platforms? I have not, so I cannot speak to it. Um, I do think that there is, there, there's definitely some more news it, with the payment sector in the US that I can speak to just because that's sort of my background. Um, and we can dive into that. Menno says, cheers, I think, hope it's connecting more traditional finance ETF stuff. So I guess the ex is the example there, though, that it's going to be an, a, an existing ETF that we just turn into an M ETF, for example, would that be what happens? Or is it going to be more of people able to combine all of these assets? And for me, especially when these things come out, like when Anchor comes out, it's so much easier for me, and I'm sure it is for a lot of people to, um, to try and like... <laughs> try and figure out what these things are after they've been launched. You know, it took me a while to play with Anchor to really conceptualize it. So that's what Pete's so great at is is uh, explaining these things before we're even able to see them. I guess we can dive a little bit into some of the other news since um, we're going to wait to see if Pete, maybe he's been killed. He is in the basement of the Sphinx. So um, it's definitely an illegal place to be, especially for uh, an American. So I'm worried. Oh, Pete. Hey, um, yeah, that's happened once before. It might happen again, but hey, at least let me let me get through that monologue, right? <laughs> right, right. So, uh, well, anyway, now that I've done my monologue, I was asking, you know, how do you see it playing out as far as these ETFs being created? Is it going to be uh, the same way that it's done through Mirror with a with a proposal through the community, or is it more of someone's able to create their own ETF and just kind of gather followers and investors to to join them and follow them? Oh, I am I am ninety nine percent sure that it is just anybody can create a basket, can create an ETF, um, and you can create your own ETF and so on. But yeah, I, I'm ninety nine percent sure about that. Doe said anyone can do this. Right. I, I have no no comment other than that. You got to give a huge shout out to the Terraform Labs team. I mean, it seems like 
they never take a breath for us to like relish in what they've already made. As far as timeline speculation goes, if they came out with some new platform for ETFs anytime soon within the next, I don't even know, like two, three months, I would be amazed. Um, but knowing their track record, that's probably something that actually will happen. Uh, does it make sense to dive into the Visa news or do you want to talk about Anchor first? Actually, um, let, let's go and hit this uh, this drop about, uh, oh yes. what is it called? Vega, Vega Protocol. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, so I'm going to take, take the risk of sharing my screen again. All right, so yeah, Vega Protocol. All right, so Doe did mention Protocol for derivatives as like another component of this thing. And we see that Testnet is live now, um, This the Vega Testnet. It's not in uh, mainnet now, it's on Robson right now. So it is it is uh, on Ethereum, um, but might of course be on other things. In fact, that's, that's their intention. So let's go over to Vega XYZ check it out a little bit. I like this website and uh, <laughs> Pete likes the website. Egypt does not. I just I think pretty cool. Um, so Vega is a protocol for creating trading derivatives on fully decentralized networks. It's a derivatives product. And there's some, uh, I don't know, I, I just started looking at this. Uh, it's for margined professional grade is what they say, permissionless margined futures markets. Uh, so it basically bringing derivative products, which generally, I mean, derivatives is a huge category. Um, there's quadrillions of dollars of derivatives in the world. And, right. and, uh, but Pete, you're, you're jumping in and out here. Maybe I'll uh, look up Vega for us. All right. Well, I guess you're going to take it then. <laughs> I haven't had much time to do as much research as I'd like to, but just taking a look at, um, Vega, uh, you know, the network is secured with proof of stake. It will facilitate fully automated end-to-end -end margin trading and execution of financial uh, complex financial products. Uh, and anyone will be able to build decentralized markets using the protocol. Okay. Well, that sounds like a lot of other things. So I'm wondering if there's, you know, some sort of, um, what, what is, what's their differentiator? And uh, they've got built-in liquidity incentives that match traders and market makers across any financial product to solve the problem of attracting and allocating market-making resources, especially for long-tail markets. Vega will connect to major blockchains for collateral, which can be any digital asset, including Bitcoin, ERC-20 tokens, and stablecoins. So I imagine that would be the way that um, this would work in the Terra ecosystem, which they would, um, they would be using the collateral of UST, um, maybe even, you know, allowing people to, to, um, have that UST, um, staking incentive as well in, in lockstep with your ability to, uh, to play the markets with these derivatives and, um, some of these, uh, margin trade products. And, and, you know, it's interesting because Pete does say that, uh, derivatives are a large, you know, a very broad category of things. You could even consider like mirrored assets is is technically a derivative. I see Pete is is saying, "Good thing the major segment we have left payments is all me." So I guess we can dive into that. So this is big news, um, and there's a couple different ways you can look at it. But this is the Visa news. I'm sure some of you've heard about this Visa, and this is actually as of right now. I didn't even notice this the first time I read the article, but as of March 29th, Visa is now settling payments in the stablecoin USDC, which is, uh, I think, what is USDC? There's so many stablecoins. It's Circle, I think it's called, um, which is the one that was invested in by uh, Coinbase. So it's a pretty you know, solid stablecoin. 
obviously not as stable as UST though, which is why we're all here. You know, the, the thing that's interesting about this, because there's definitely been like crypto payments before. Um, and we've seen companies that, you know, for whatever reason, like Square a couple years ago, they tried to integrate crypto payments. Um, I know I have some friends that work for China Union Pay and they've looked into things like this before. But the difference here is that they're actually settling payments on that's that's the back end. So like whenever you go to make a payment, typically what you do is you run your credit card and it'll check the bank to make an authorization, but the, the money doesn't actually move. It'll batch all of the transactions. And at the end of the day, you'll go in and it'll do a settlement. And anybody that has ever worked a retail job, you would know that you kind of take your credit card report at the end of the day and then you you know give it to the manager or maybe you yourself go to the bank and you you do the settlement or you know it's usually done digitally nowadays but th this that's the part that was really the struggle with crypto payments because at the end of the day and especially like what my friend at um, at Union Pay said when they were looking into solutions for this it was such a pain in the ass for them to basically take that fiat that customers were paying at the point of sale and then transfer that into fiat and then you know you've got your exchange rate you've got whatever volatility you've got to deal with during the day and so the fact that this is using a stable coin which you know everyone that's here if if you're not new to um the to the luna ecosystem and the terra ecosystem you understand that ust really is like the ticket to the moon for lack of a better term or the ticket to 4dk as i like to say but um you know th that it's that stable coin that really opens up a lot of ability for these apps or these uh, decentralized applications to actually get use because Joe Schmo is not going to want to take Bitcoin for his barbershop or whatever it is. Um, and so this gives us the ability to kind of bridge that gap. And again, this isn't news to anybody. Um, but what is news is the fact that now we've kind of taken a step towards the the marriage of stable coins being used in the regular economy because now we're able to have um, Visa instead of taking my payment to basically uh, you know my twenty dollars say I pay twenty dollars for lunch taking that holding that in as an off payment and then going and basically converting that whatever that is if I paid in Bitcoin um, converting that to fiat and then taking the payment there's a huge fee and everybody's getting killed on that now they're actually settling so when I go and pay my twenty dollars USDC in this case hopefully UST in the future. Um, or like in the example of Chai, now it's just it's just getting batched up and it's staying in that. So I'm guessing that the um, the people that are making that are accepting the payments, they'll have an option here. Um, it's in partnership with Crypto.com. I know Pete. I, if Pete's still with us, Pete, you have a Crypto.com card, don't you? Not sure if Pete's still with us or not. Um, but. Anyway, um, it, so it, it's different from what we've seen in the past, and that's what's big about it. And this is really the first step. Uh, some people have said, and you know, this is an, an interesting point here. And I was reading uh, on Twitter yesterday. A couple people said, "Hey, you know, the issue I think with this is that Visa, um, you know, they're a centralized entity. They can halt payments from anybody." So. That's true. And, you know, maybe the the end goal for us needs to be instead of looking to these big institutions to try and um, find uh, Pete just told me to drop it again. But instead of looking towards these centralized institutions that can can censor um, transactions um, to, you know, actually 
help us get to the next step. The, the final step in everybody's mind should be, hey, I run a merchant. I just want to accept UST. I don't care what payment rails you're going through. As long as UST hits my account, we're good to go. Here's my product. Here's my service. Um, so this is sort of a good step in the right direction, but there's definitely some concern there with the fact that Visa, even though they are going to settle in UST, you still got to go through that off phase and you could still, you know, for whatever reason, censor the transaction or decide that, um, you know, it's not it's not someone they want to do business with or whatever is going on in this crazy polarized uh, political world. So um, interesting stuff, two sides of the coin here. So it's it's uh, it's good news, though, in my opinion, um, because it's just going to lead to more adoption. We also saw news today. Uh, again, I apologize because I haven't had a lot of time to read into this, but PayPal is starting a lot, uh, started to allow U.S. users to spend their cryptocurrency holdings um, at millions of online merchants globally. The, the development means PayPal users who hold Bitcoin, ETH, Bitcoin Cash, which is crazy to me that that's even included, Litecoin and PayPal digital wallets can now convert their crypto holdings into fiat to make purchases. Uh, this just happened today, but I'm, I'm interested to see, you, you know, this isn't as big a news as the Visa stuff. Um, the Visa is really what uh, the, the, big, the big news is because it's an actual huge financial institution. Visa, they do the most amount of volume of all the payments uh, processors, or I'm um, sorry, payments networks in the world, I think maybe besides China Union Pay. Um, but they're, if they're going to start settling in USDC, that's a true, like, it's it's crossing the threshold, really, um, in my opinion. So that's good to see. We got some people that said maybe that's what Alice is for. Alice is interesting. I'm not sure what Alice is going to be. And it's another thing that I've considered. You know, you saw uh, Do Kwon had the tweet where he shared there was a, uh, a crypto card and, um, you know, it was basically a user-friendly interface where it's just, uh, and MF's following up here perfectly, said, Alice is going to be a simple app for everybody to use targeting, especially non-crypto users. So just like that, yeah. I think the, you know, the thing that we see um, on Alice is really more for your uh, your normie crypto user, somebody that maybe has some, uh, you know, a little crypto portfolio or whatever. But it's just so amazing and especially with anchor what they've built and i know we said this on our last show but just imagine i mean your peer-to-peer uh your peer-to-peer apps like venmo like cash app you're holding maybe what two three hundred dollars in there imagine just passively earning 20 percent on that that's going to cause so many people to come in and they're going to cause so many people to just hold money on that platform and ultimately it's going to cause uh, more you know value locked up in the system um, another thing that I'm, and I'm in the midst of working on uh, right now is my report on Chai users. And it's something that I've really taken a long look at is this the strategy that I'm, and again, I'm, I'm uh, speculating here, this isn't confirmed, but the, the idea that Do Kwon is potentially going to use a, um, the leverage that they have with all the users on Chai, which right now currently I think per day, They've got about 75,000 active users per day. Uh, and people don't make transactions mobily every day. There's a, a little over 2 million total users. But to in order to leverage that and actually use that not only as a tool to launch new products, but it's also a tool that's going to bring more users into the fold. And that's what he said when he talked to us in our interview, is that if Chai is going to give people 20% on their deposits, it would be it would be suicide for the competitors for Kakao Pay, which I think is the the main competitor in Korea, to not also 
offer something like that. And there's no other way they can do that besides Anchor. I mean, there's no other way. So it's a win-win in my case for uh, for Chai to start doing that. And again, it's it's a benefit. It's already you've already done the hard work. And not to say that you know there's not. Um, a huge uphill battle remaining, but they've already done a, a large amount of the legwork with getting this large contingent of users and being able to launch something like Anchor that's giving 20%. It doesn't even have to be 20%. We already seen, um, what was it, CoinList is offering something. We've, we've speculated that eventually maybe we see Coinbase start to offer something where, hey, if, if it's a normie and it's like, hey, you could go buy a treasury note for, you know, 0.5% a year and not keep up with the price of inflation. Or you could go put some money in Coinbase, which is a nice user interface, and earn 15%. And then Coinbase keeps the other 5%. So um, there's definitely a lot to look forward to. Oh, the Prime Trust thing, UBO. So the work with Prime Trust, Pete and I didn't even mention that. Um, we actually were working on a, a little private project uh, about a year ago with Prime Trust. They're super legit. Um, and that really could be the gateway to the on-ramp and off-ramp. I think the number one thing that we should be looking forward to, and again, I'm not saying that any of this stuff can be done overnight, but um, a fiat on-ramp and off-ramp to UST at that one-to-one -one with some sort of low friction, um, that's going to be huge. And that's going to be the real gateway to mass adoption. And it's just going to be like, just imagine, I, sometimes I just catch myself daydreaming like, Man, can you imagine if I just had my phone app and it's like one button, here's my savings and it's 20%. One button, here's all my stock portfolio and it's all mirrored assets. And then another button is like, I'm just going to make a payment with UST that's sitting in my account. Or I'm just going to hold Luna and make a payment out of, uh, out, you know, out of a quick swap transaction. So I think that's pretty cool. When Luna to a thousand, I'm, my question is that's FUD actually when Luna 40 K, um, yeah, so I think that's about it. Hey, Evan. Oh, we got Pete back. Am I back? You All are. Right. I'm back. If I'm if I can rub my voice, just cut me off. All right, cut me off for the rest of the time. Sure. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, so Evan was saying that's about it. Yeah, I think I think that is about it. Evan, thanks so much for covering all of that. <laughs> I, I hope that what we talked about with ETFs was helpful. Um, it is huge. I did want to hit a couple of chat things really quick. Um, Columbus five, somebody mentioned is going to be big. I agree. And we're going to, we've got to talk about that, uh, shortly after I'm back. Uh, we're going to talk about Columbus five and some other technical upgrades that are, that are coming in general. Um, for those of you who don't know, Columbus four is like the current main net. If you can think of it, it's like the current upgrade level of the Terra network. And uh, Columbus five is bringing some stuff, uh, that, that I think is going to be great stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, now, a couple people have uh, asked about the Rune thing um, really quick, where the ETF said uh, if it Rune hits $10, rebalance to be 100% Rune. I mean, I guess that's what that means. You have a fund that's filled with a bunch of different DeFi assets, and whoever made the fund, they say, well, you know what? If Rune goes to $10, it's on a run. And I want to. I want the fund to be massively exposed to it because to catch all the momentum. Or... Uh, maybe I think that Rune has then won the DeFi space, you know, and so so I want the fund to like balance into Rune. Like it, it was just an example of something you could do. Um, I think uh, Menno here would agree that uh, no fund manager should try to 
do something like that and put everything into one one bucket, especially when it's possibly on a FOMO move. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe your thesis is different. Uh, so just being able to set up triggers mm-hmm. like that, where you're like, look, if if this happens, then I want the fund to do this. And that's all transparent and it's all automatic. Um, I think that's super powerful. And we could speculate a little bit later about some really cool potential uses for that. Yeah, kind, kind of um, an so interesting anyway. example that he gave there, the the ruin to 10. But he, I mean, again, he's just giving an example of what's possible. You can set up parameters like that. Um, but Doquan always always coming with some interesting memery. As he said, he's in it for the memes. So to do the ruin to 10, I think, is, <laughs> is just a funny choice of example there. Um, you have any other, anything else in the chat you wanted to answer? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, sure. Um, PH go asks about, says prime trust is taking too long to withdraw BTC. Yeah. I mean, I understand they process withdrawals like manually. Usually you might be using something like Swan or another product that uses prime trust and you have to go to their page to approve a withdrawal. Um, but, uh, but you know that's that doesn't mean that their fiat to UST solution would be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, that's I mean, them being secure about your BTC. That's a different kind of solution than the automatic fiat to crypto solution. Right, right. And what we saw with what we were uh, working on 2019 was uh, something that was pretty seamless transition from. Uh, like a stable coin or a USD equivalent to actual fiat currency. Uh, it was when you went internationally and, and over borders was when we ran into some sticky situations. Um, we've got Blake Den. He said, is there an app for Terra peer-to-peer payments? And if I had to answer that, I would say right now, probably the best solution for that, but correct me if I'm wrong, would be Terra Station, the mobile app. Um, yep. And you can send... Can you send... I haven't tried this, so I don't. I don't see why not. But you can send the like KRT, UST, any of that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. You can send. I don't know if they've enabled all like the mirror assets and stuff. I don't think so on the mobile. But um, you can send the stable coins or Luna, and you could ask your buddy to, to you know pull up a QR code or send you an address and then send it right from there. Right. Very much. It's it's funny because like I think when Venmo first came around they have qr codes now but almost nobody uses them and it's mind-blowing to me because i'm like just pull up your qr code and i guess coming from the crypto world who has who's been using qr codes uh i'm so much more used to it but venmo everybody's like what's your username and then they look up my name and there's like 17 evan schindlers out there and i'm like can you just use my qr code it's so much easier so um in many ways i'd say that terra terra station's more robust than some of the peer-to-peer payment platforms we see in the u.s yeah, indeed. And um, yeah, I use TerraStation all the time. I mean, yeah, we could see another uh, like more Venmo-ish payment thing. Like right now, TerraStation includes like staking and swapping and stuff. And I mean, but that's, it's good. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've used a bunch of crypto wallets, TerraStation's one of the best crypto wallets um, in terms of like look and UX and performance and so on. Um, now let's take a look at a couple other chats real quick. People again, Columbus, yes. Uh, IBC is a major part of the Columbus five upgrade. I, actually, I don't know that Columbus five has that, um, but star starport is the cosmos IBC. And I think that they're dark flighting it. In other words, they're building it. And then a proposal on Terra will be put out for the community to activate it. Um, so IBC will enable a lot of things. We'll do more research and talk about that a little bit more. Um, 
yeah, Cosmos already has the IBC out. And if you're not aware, Terra is a Cosmos chain, which means um, it's uh, like, like the code that Cosmos releases is the code that runs Terra. And that's good because everybody in the Cosmos ecosystem, Binance, Rune, Band, um, Cryptocom, uh, Rose, Harmony, uh, you know, just, just uh, a lot of them, <laughs> uh, Terra, they all benefit from one another. Uh, because they all develop, they all help develop and refine this code. Um, and then another question on uh, Zengo. Jonathan keeps uh, Cormish. I've seen you bring up Zengo in a few places, and we just haven't had time to look at Zengo. Um, so it's a, it's a crypto wallet that I guess you use, and yeah, keep pushing it. Uh, and uh, you know, I wish you luck, and we'll look. We'll take a look at it too. Yeah, we also have slashed. Uh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, just a couple comments here. Chun Fu Wong said you can send M assets on the Terra Station iOS app, so that is confirmed, which is nice. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I haven't. All my M assets are staked, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a, that's the nice thing too. I think um, the person that originally asked the question uh, said that they're a developer and they're looking at. Uh, here it is. I'm a developer trying to develop apps. Seems like a Venmo-like app would gain traction. Here's the one thing that I would love to see is um, it, it, that, again, that holding that money, if you're trying to do peer-to-peer, -peer, which at this point TerraStation does, but holding money in that wallet that can gain some sort of um, um, that that anchor 20%, even if it's not fully 20%, if someone else wants to you know, take their share for building the platform. But the nice thing about Anchor is you're not locked in. It's not like a, what do they call those, a CD or a, a Roth IRA or something where it's like, hey, wait till you're 65 to take out this money and get whatever, not 20%. Um, so it's nice to, to be able to put money in an account. And I mean, I don't think people realize this yet. You could put money in an account. It's sitting in there. It's still completely liquid. You can take it out at any time. It's not staked. There's nothing. There's no time limit. There's nothing penalty wise. And then you can take it out. And it's like, yeah, you're earning 20% or not earning 20%. So it's it's like you could make a hybrid peer-to-peer -peer and savings um, account for the first time ever, which I think is, is amazing. So um, Pete, anything else about IBC? People talking about use, giving a use case? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just being able to connect these chains, it's just network effects, you know, like if we have inner blockchain communication and we have apps that, that work on multiple chains and data passing across and assets passing across, then I mean, that's, that's network effects right there. Um, yeah, UBO, you're right, being able to bond other assets. In other words, being able to use other assets as collateral in Anchor Protocol. Right now, B Luna, Luna is the only one, but uh, Solana, Atom, Polkadot, Ethereum 2.0, these things. Um, now, Ethereum 2.0 is in Cosmos chain, um, but Atom especially uh, relates to this with IBC um, because it's a Cosmos chain. And so just bringing more functionality, you bring you cross cross pollination where Atom fans, uh, they realize, wait, I can stake my Atom and uh, you know, not even give up my Atom and borrow against it and get this these anchor rewards, you know, and then it can they can more easily take advantage of that. Um, 
I'm just, I haven't thought through all the use cases here. I bet there's a lot more as well. But the more you make things interconnected, that means that a good app deploying on Cosmos can use Terra stuff. And so it's good for the Terra ecosystem. That means a good app that, or like good improvements on Rune and Band and other chains that either have Cosmos IBC or are somehow compatible with it. They, I mean, when there are great developments there, it helps everybody out. Uh, network effects are huge. In fact, network effects are the driver of everything amazing you've seen with the internet and Facebook. And <laughs> I say Facebook because it's become so huge, but the internet and all the social networks and um, uh, the e-commerce and and like uh, these crypto networks, like everyone underestimates how amazing network effects are. And the more we can build network effects and have it so that network effects are easier to create, easier to expand, the better. So we have all these chains that are that are interconnected with IBC and our blockchain communication, and um, they just they all continue to you know rising tide rises all ships. Well, that doesn't apply if you're in you know entirely different oceans, right? But now if we have connected oceans, then yes, the rising tide rises all the ships. So no, that's that's kind of what I'd say to that, but I'll definitely be thinking about more potential use cases as well. All right. Um, I think that should about wrap it up, Pete, unless you've got anything else you want to say. I know that you had mentioned maybe there will be some more technical content coming out from your side. Um, but Yeah, uh, we're definitely working on that. We've mentioned that before, um, and uh, the channel will have... Uh, like more technical channels that are for developers or just people very interested in the tech. Uh, but we'll kind of segregate that away from the regular videos so you can watch it if you want, uh, but, or if you don't want to get bogged down, then you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, and just uh, some other things. We've got some more content coming out exactly um, exactly when, I'm not sure, UBO, but uh, definitely going to look into some of the reports that we wanted to do, some readings on that. Pete is in Egypt, so... Um, I'm trying to let him enjoy his camel riding uh, near the pyramids over there while he's there. But um, keep an eye out for more content coming from us. We've got news bites coming out every week. We're going to do this live at a scheduled time and hopefully give you a little bit more um, time to actually see the show and not just announce like 20 minutes before we go live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pete, anything else? Uh, that's it. Blake, thank you. Our validator node is most certainly not printing a lot of money uh, because we only have a 1% commission. Uh, we are, I mean, we're not really, some people have said we should up that. We're not necessarily upping that. Um, we would announce and ask people uh, ahead of time, you know, hey, what do you think we should do? But we have been working on a proposal for a community, community funding proposal. That'll go public for feedback for a while before it ever gets pushed as an actual proposal. So, um, so anyway, yeah, thank you. The best way to support the show now, you can go vote for the validator, Terabytes, uh, you know, uh, spread among multiple validators. We love that. And also uh, you can subscribe, make sure you hit notifications here on YouTube. If you're listening later on podcasts, please leave a review rate. I mean, it really does help people who are into crypto, into finance, into whatever, um, into commerce. It helps them discover Terra by discovering Terabytes.